This episode of Lead to Win is brought to you by Free to Focus, a total productivity system to achieve more by doing less. The latest book from Michael Hyatt. Pre-order now for exclusive bonuses at freetofocusbook.com. Hi, I'm Michael Hyatt. And I'm Megan Hyatt Miller. And this is Lead to Win, the weekly podcast to help you win at work and succeed at life. And in this episode, we're going to open the tech toolbox and show you our favorite virtual tools for maximizing productivity. So um, you and I are a little different on this whole idea of the toolbox. So you are like not only a geek, but I mean, tech is a hobby for you. I'm an enthusiast. You are an enthusiast. You love, love, love technology. You love trying new things all the time. You're always experimenting. Um, It's just kind of what you love to do. I'm a little bit different. I also like technology, but I'm kind of more utilitarian about it. You know, it's sort of Mm -hmm. like... I love it in as much as it enables me to be more productive, um, but I'm not going to be the first one rushing to try new things. I'll kind of like let you do that and then, you know, let you curate the list for me. So that's what we're kind of talking about today is your curated list of your favorite tools. Would it be fair to call you a technological minimalist? Probably not quite a minimalist, but, you know, some people limit their wardrobe so that they have fewer choices and kind of less yeah. decision fatigue. I feel like I do that with technology. I have a handful of things that I love and use every day, um, but I'm not always looking to find a digital solution to every part of my life, which I think you kind of are in some ways. Yeah, although I would hasten to say that I think that that in some ways your position is better because you're less likely to get distracted. But as long as I can think of it as a hobby... Yeah. And keep it fine. as a hobby <laughs> and not let it distract me too much. I, I think I'm good. But at any rate, as usual, we have Larry with us today, who's going to guide us through this discussion. So Larry, good to see you again. Hey, great to be back with you guys. And I like this topic. I, I love uh, digital technology and I love the apps that you share, but I kind of position between the two of you. I'm not quite an enthusiast enough that I want to go out and, and try all these things myself. So I enjoy listening in on your occasional briefs on technology. So I pick up some good ideas and add them to my toolbox. So I'm excited about today. Great. We've got a good list of uh, technological tools that we're going to share with people. And the idea is to be productive in a digital environment. You've got to have good digital tools. So Michael, let's open up your tech toolbox. And uh, the first one I want you to talk about for us is Backblaze. Yeah, this is a great little app. I know Megan uses it too. In fact, everybody on our team uses it. But it basically backs up your computer into the cloud incrementally every day without you even knowing about it. It's uh, one of those programs that you just set it and forget about it. It's so cool. It is. And and you like it too, right? Well, I like it because I was one of those people that was constantly feeling shame and guilt because I could never remember to plug in my backup. You know, I was like, I knew I was supposed to do that and I never did it. And so this enabled me to quit having to worry about it. And I still feel like I'm in a secure position because all my data is backed up. It's just not manually having to be dependent on me. Well, and the important thing here is that it's not just a backup because I'm kind of one of those guys that wears suspenders and a belt. So I like Thankfully not literally. <laughs> not literally. But I like I like backups of backups. So get this. So 
I always run the time machine backup on my Mac computer. So it's backing up locally. In addition to that, I do a carbon copy clone, which is an exact clone of my hard drive where I can go retrieve files more easily than time machine. But the problem is if my house burned down and if those were only the two backups I had, everything would disappear unless I'm backed up offsite. And that's the beauty of a cloud solution. And Backblaze is pretty cheap. It's $5 a month per user. It's available for Mac and PC. And again, it's a cloud-based computer backup system that's stupid easy. That's a word that Larry had in our notes. <laughs> it's stupid easy to use. So you just set it and forget it. Larry, do you use it? I do. And I didn't use it before I came to work here at Michael Hyatt and Company, but I love it. I was in the same boat with Megan. I knew I needed to back stuff up and just didn't want to figure out a solution. And this really is stupid easy to use as witnessed by the fact that I'm using it. I, I think, by the way, why it's so important is that, you know, you're going to have a computer crash in your future. Your hard drive is going to, going to stop working. The computer's going to crash. Something's going to get damaged. Just happened to me the other day where a computer file was damaged. You know, it's inevitable. If you don't have a backup system in place, you're really jeopardizing your future. You're risking your future and a lot of hard work. So Backblaze, a really simple solution for cloud-based computer backup. Let's talk about another tool that is on your favorites list, and it's one called Bartender. Now, are you trying to tell us something, Michael, about yeah. your use of off time? When I first heard of this, I thought, that's got to be one of those apps that has, you know, drink recipes in it, right? I mean, that's what you'd think. That's what Bartender. I <laughs> but it's not that. It has to do with your menu bar, and it tends the little apps that are the helper apps on a Mac, and this is only available for Mac. But you know how you have, sometimes you might have uh, Google Drive, you might have Dropbox, you might have a gazillion little apps that are loaded in the background. You know, your Bluetooth notification, if you use something like Text Expander, Alfred, all these love to put their little icons on your menu bar. And if you're not careful, before long, it becomes really cluttered and becomes overwhelming. Well, all that Bartender does is let you decide what you want to have appear on the menu bar and what you want to have appear on the Bartender bar, which has to be invoked with a mouse click. So it keeps your menu bar really clean. And get this, it gives you the illusion <laughs> that you're a lot more organized and have less digital clutter than you actually do. But I, I love this. This is like one of the first apps that I install on every computer that I set up. And it's 15 bucks. And for some people, they're going to consider it totally unnecessary. But if you like to create sort of the, the, the appearance that things are neat and organized, this is awesome. Nick's our producer. He's sitting right here. Are you, are, are you laughing because you think you need this? Well, I have 17 icons up there. It's literally running into the menu <laughs> on the side. I don't, I don't so know if you guys... Like, it, I mean, it really is. It's, we're, real, we're getting so close. Wow. Uh, but Meg, it sounds like Megan does not care. I, <laughs> I was going to say it way more diplomatically than that, but you're right. I this is not a metaphor. Never felt this problem before. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of a metaphor for this, but this is this is for the people you know that might buy a, a custom hood ornament for their car. You know, the rest of us go like, "What? Yeah, who needs that?" But if you're that it kind of person, cool. I you just, know who you are. Yeah, I don't really feel a need for it. But okay, that's okay. All right. Well, for the hyper-organized uh, among us, there is Bartender, which will organize the icons in your menu bar. 
Let's talk about another solution. This one is also Mac only, but there are similar solutions for PC, and it's called Clean My Mac. What does this do for you, Michael? This program basically scans your entire system on some kind of regular basis. I have mine set up to do once a month to remove junk files, viruses, free up memory. It basically hard, or optimizes your hard drive and your system so that your Mac retains its original speed and performance. And again, I set it up uh, to automatically run once a week. It notifies me, and then I run it. But it keeps my system just clean and functioning like it it, it needs to function. But the the interface is really beautiful. I've I've had this program for probably now, I don't know, since they started, but maybe five or six years. And it just keeps getting better and better, faster and faster. But I wouldn't think of trying to use a computer uh, without this. So the last time I ran it manually, it scanned and cleaned my entire system in about three minutes. And it removed, get this, 14 gigabytes of junk. And I think most of us don't realize how many junk files, how many duplicates, how much malware, even on a Mac, can accumulate. Shadow RAM, that happens where your 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 RAM, and I mean, most people reboot to do this, but you can what actually- What did you just call this? Shadow RAM. Shadow RAM? Where I've you've never got, heard that. Where programs don't shut down properly, and somebody probably correct me on this that more, knows it more technically, but programs don't shut down correctly, and they leave either cached files, okay. or they leave parts of their programs in memory, and they occupy space, wow. and keep you from using it for other programs. Okay, so I- have to tell you that I'm not using this, although I think as a company, we're using something a little bit similar to this, but um, that's intriguing to me. Yeah. So even your mother- I like mother, to clean things. I know. And even your mother uses this. I sold her on it and she loves it too. Okay. So you're, you're one and one. Okay, good. <laughs> so Clean My Mac, a speed up solution uh, for Mac. And Michael, did you say the price on that? I didn't, but it's uh, thirty nine ninety nine a year, which as apps go is pretty expensive, but I think it's a small investment for a clean digital environment. So that's Clean My Mac, and there is a Clean My PC solution from the, the same makers, although we're all on Mac here at, at Michael Hyatt and Company, so we, we can't comment on the effectiveness of that, but there are other solutions for PC users. Michael, I got a problem uh, in that I am constantly clipping files or clipping text and losing them. And do you have any idea how much time that can waste? Uh, I wish there was a solution, and I hope this is the perfect softball for you for our next <laughs> bit of software. Can you help me with losing clipped files? Oh my gosh. Okay, get prepared because your head's about to explode. Megan, yours is especially going to explode. So there's a program called Copied. It's $7.99. It's for Mac, but it solves a big productivity problem that dogs many people, and that is where you uh, copy something to the clipboard and you either write over it or you have use of it again or you want to use maybe the last five things that you copied to the clipboard, copied or retains up to your thousand last copies. Okay? So, like, if you... <laughs> Megan's cracking up over here. Like, 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 like oh, oh, big deal. So maybe she doesn't have a need for this. But I have a need for it all the time. 
And you could even name those those clips. For example, like I, I have affiliate links for my books because I'm copying from those. I can open up, up copied, search for that link and pop it right into, you know, some social media link or something else I'm doing. And it syncs across devices. So if I copy something on my Mac, and by the way, supposedly the Mac OS has this in, a, a system called Handoff. I found it enormously unreliable, but copied is 100% reliable. So if I copied it to the copy it to the copied clipboard, then I can use that same clip on my iPhone, my iPad, wherever. Have you, have you started using it, Larry? I have not. I, I really would love to get this loaded. I'm just one of those people who never takes the time to do the things they should do. Well, I showed it to Joel, Megan's husband, let the record show. And uh, he was super excited about it. Oh, he copies everything. So yeah, he would, he would love this. So this doesn't appeal to you either? Mm, I'm going to say probably not. Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> so okay, if that's if that's the case, I say that you're probably typing too much. Cuz I don't know. Cuz a lot of a lot of our work is repetitive text that we use. Okay, so this is a big thing for you. Like text expander, and now we got copied. Like this is a this is a whole like I know. this is a whole genre that I honestly just don't think about. I don't really feel like I'm not productive because I'm typing like a phrase. I mean, this feels like micro, micro, micro productivity. I guess I'm looking for like, you know, big head exploders. So when I look at you, (laughs) I see the person you could become (laughs) 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 with some of these simple tools. Yeah. All right. Let's let's keep moving. That's copied. (laughs) That's copied, which is a solution for keeping track of things that you copy to your clipboard and managing them. Now, Megan, here's one that I know you do use and is very accessible, and it's still on Michael's list of favorites, and that's Google Drive and a similar app, Dropbox. Yeah, I love these. I couldn't live without them. I love them too. Because I have literally, I have no files stored locally anymore, or probably a few, but not much. So once I started using a iMac and a laptop, and I'm going back and forth between the two of those all the time. Thing for me. Because all of my documents and everything is in the cloud, in Google Drive, it makes it so much easier. Because if I start a project on my iMac and then I want to go in and, or go to the coffee shop and keep working on my, on my laptop, file's right there. Mm-hmm. And so Google Drive is, is our solution. There are free versions of it. You can you know, pay a little bit to, to upgrade the storage that you have there. But we also use it as a team solution. So we have something that we call our Digital Asset Repository, DAR. And what we do is we store in that all the files that we need as a team. And so it allows us, and we've got a team of about 31, 32 now. 33. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. wonder who snuck in since I slept. <laughs> Canada last. Anyway, so we, we have everybody accessing uh, a common hard drive in essence, a server in essence, but it's housed by Google. Now, the only reason we mentioned uh, Dropbox Dropbox is a good solution too. I sometimes and I use both of them. Sometimes I find that it's easier to share a link in Dropbox. Mm-hmm. I actually use Dropbox for all of my files. Oh, you do. So anything that is you know shared like company wise, I use Google Drive for, um, and then anything personal, I use Dropbox for. 
I don't even really know why Sean Lemon um, at LemonConsulting.com does all of our tech setup. And that's kind of how he set me up. And it's worked really well. Um, it was a huge breakthrough when I started using more than one machine, because if you've ever done that before, you know, gone between a desktop and a laptop, you instantly realize you don't have what you need everywhere. And it's super frustrating. And so to be able to have access to everything, no matter what device I'm on, iPad, phone, iMac, laptop, whatever, it's great. So by the way, Sean's URL has changed. It's now the digital. Oh, I'm sorry. The digital organizer.com. And what he does is help people set up um, their Apple devices for optimal productivity. He's fantastic. He's awesome. Full disclosure. He's my son-in-law. He is, but we use him anyway. Yep. So um, one of the things I also want to mention Larry about Google drive is that it comes built in with all the Google suite of apps. So I don't use all of them. Uh, but the ones that I do use is I use uh, Google Docs pretty frequently because that's the best collaborative word processing system that I've found. Dropbox, Dropbox has their version of that called Paper, which I've not used. I also use uh, Google Sheets, which is their spreadsheet solution. In fact, I try to do everything in Google Sheets because it allows all of us to collaborate on on spreadsheets. We use that for our uh, our accounting team, for our financials, and so forth too. Michael, could you comment a little bit on your preference for the Google suite of products versus Microsoft Word, for example. Uh, I know that you do use both, but you seem to prefer Google Docs. Why is that? Well, let me just say that I think Microsoft has come back with a vengeance. You know, I think their suite of products has dramatically improved in the last couple of years. In fact, I was just listening to the Mac Power Users podcast this morning at the gym and they had, and I can't remember her name, it might have been Christine Warren, I can't remember her name, but she's um, an employee of Microsoft, and she was talking about what's happened at the company in the last couple of years. It's been amazing. And as I've looked at their products, I've been really impressed. But the thing I like about the Google Docs is that they're available on the cloud, so everybody's got access to them. You don't have to have the products installed. I can share a spreadsheet or a Google document with somebody that doesn't even have an account if I use the, the public link or a private link. And I can collaborate with them, and I like I like that as well. So um, I I do want I made myself a note when I was listening to that podcast episode this morning. I want to go back and look at Microsoft. I think it's called 365, and that's their cloud based solution and a few other things. But I want to see if it's easier even than Google Docs because there's some things about Google Docs that sort of annoy me and Google Sheets that annoy me in the sharing, and that's why I still keep Dropbox around because it's often easier to share a Dropbox link that to go through and adjust the permissions on a specific Google document. One thing I also want to mention, Larry, is that if you do run uh, Google Drive or Google Docs on your Mac, install a program called Google Drive Filestream. Google Drive Filestream. This is a Google app, but it allows all of these different uh, files to appear natively within Finder. So they look like they're all local. And you can decide on a file-by-file basis whether you only want it in the cloud or you want it on your local version of your computer. You can still see it if it's not downloaded, but you could have access to gigabytes and gigabytes and gigabytes that you couldn't store on your local computer, but you can still see that they're available in the cloud. But again, that's Google Drive file stream. Hey, everybody. Mike Boyer here with a productivity tip of my own. Pick up a free copy of Michael's latest ebook in today's show notes. It's called Michael's Top 5 Tools to Help You Focus. You can download it right now at lead2.win. 
To make sure you don't miss a single practical solution or actionable idea from Michael Hyatt, subscribe to this podcast now. You'll get a fresh episode delivered straight to your device every week, and you'll never have to go searching for the latest content. Tap subscribe now on your device, or if you need help, check out the subscribe link in the show notes at lead2.win. Now, back to the show. Let's talk about a new tool. Uh, I think it's a relatively new tool overall, but it's certainly new to us around here, and that's Notion. Yeah, this is an exciting app. In fact, my team has gotten really excited about it because it's just fun to use. Initially, I thought this was going to take the place of Evernote. You know, it was going to be a place where I could dump information, I could collaborate with my peers, which by the way, Evernote still to this day doesn't have a good collaboration solution, but I've heard they're working on it. Uh, But Notion allows collaboration. It has the ability to comment on text. I don't really know how to describe it. It's basically a way to create content, but it also has built into it some database functionality. I I, I don't really know how to explain it other than to say it combines the best features of Google Docs, Workflowy, Evernote, and even a task management system like Asana. And it's under active development. I can't wait to see what this becomes because I kind of think it's the future in many ways of document Uh, management. I'm experimenting with it a lot right now, using it for a lot of different projects. But another way to to think of it is it's it's like a having your own corporate wiki, you know, kind of if you think of Wikipedia, which is sort of the whole world organizing and making available information. This is a great way to do a, a corporate wiki where there's certain documents that you want to be able to share with the entire team and have available to the entire team or even subsets of the team because you can control permissions down to that level. This is a great tool. Megan, are you using it at all? I'm using it a little bit, not nearly as much as you are, but I've actually been using it more for high-level project management. So they mm. it they kind of works like a Kanban sort of model like Trello or something else where you, you know, yes. have the little boards basically. And I really like that. That to me it's very visual and um, I'm not managing projects down to a task level, uh, except for myself. I'm mostly managing them at a high level that are delegated to other people. It just helps me kind of see at a glance what is in motion without it getting too granular. So I like it for that. I'm even using it as my master task list Mm -hmm. manager. So like Mm -hmm. the whole team uses Asana right now. Mm -hmm. And I've decided not to use that. And I'm just using Notion for task management. Mm -hmm. And I've I've got a database set up and I just dump a task when I think of it in there. And that's worked really well. Yeah. Uh, One of the things I like about it the most is you can customize the the aesthetics of it. Yes. Um, So it can be really beautiful. You can drop in photos and other elements that you can change to make it really pretty. So it's, it's an enjoyable experience once you kind of get the hang of it. Yeah, some of our team have really taken off with this. Mm -hmm. It strikes me that this is a tool that if you like technology, you should just get a hold of and play with it and see what it can do for you because our team has already taken it in a bunch of different directions. So it's very versatile and it may fit a function for you that we haven't even named here. So it might be a good one to just to check out and take out for a test drive. Definitely. Let's talk about a tool called Snagit. Uh, I love the name. What does it do? Yeah, Snagit's an amazing tool. I use it for capturing either static screenshots, and you can capture a window, a region of the screen, or the entire screen. And you can also capture screencasts, in other words, video of your screen. But anything I want to to show to the team or I want to drop into a webinar, I can capture it with Snagit. And beyond that, I can also edit. It's got a great editor built into it. I can edit both video 
and I can edit the screenshots. And within the system, I can upload it to Snagit's website. It'll give me back a URL so I can share that URL with other people so that they can see what I'm describing. But I use this oftentimes when I'm passing off some kind of workflow that I've got and I want to show people how I'm doing it. And it's a whole lot easier than trying to write it out and a lot more explicit than trying to pass on a written document. So I'll just do a, a, a screencast and then pass off the link to the screencast to Jim, my assistant, or somebody else on the team, and they can take it from there. I have only used this a little bit, and I found it really difficult to use. And I don't know, maybe I just kind of like couldn't break through to the part where it became intuitive for me. I definitely see the value of it. And when I have figured it out, it's been good. But I just don't feel like I've quite gotten there with it. Well, there's some of this stuff that's already built into the Mac OS. Yeah, right. So for example, uh, there are keystroke combinations that enable you to save you know, a screenshot, like sure. if you hit yeah. uh, command shift right. three, I believe, right. you know, it'll save a screenshot. You can also start QuickTime and record the screen, but I find those are cumbersome and I like this all-in-one solution. And one of the things that's really helped me, and this is across the board with all the apps I use, I take a little time initially, and maybe I have a natural proclivity toward this anyway, but I memorize keyboard sh shortcuts so I can invoke a screenshot just, it's in my muscle memory. I can't even tell you what the keystroke is right now. Right. But if I was sitting at my computer, I could do it without thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Same thing with starting a screen uh, recording. I can do that also the same way. One of the things I want to say about Snagit before we move on is that for really industrial strength, you know, professional grade screencasts, I, I, I don't use Snagit for that. I use another yeah. app called ScreenFlow. And that's like, really heavy duty. You know, that's got all the bells and whistles, full editing suite, professional grade, you know, kind of screencast. And I use that, for example, when I'm doing uh, a screencast of a webinar, if I'm demoing a site or demoing something that I want to be able to show in a webinar or even live on stage, I'll use ScreenFlow to capture that, be able to annotate it appropriately. The crazy thing about that is I've had people come up to me afterwards and they've said, how in the world did you get Keynote to do that where you could be scrolling a website right from within Keynote? Well, all I had was a video that was saved using ScreenFlow, and I put that on a slide, and then I clicked my you know button and started ScreenFlow. And it looked like I was doing it in real time. Well, Snagit is a little on the more expensive side at $49.95. It's available for Mac and Windows, but a great tool, especially if you find yourself needing to do screencasts or screenshots quite a bit. Uh, so check it out. Let's talk about an app that we use every day here at Michael Hyatt & Company, and that is Slack. Slack is the communications program that we use for internal communication. We used to use email, and the problem with that is we would end up with these threads that were so unwieldy, and it was difficult to track the conversation. Plus, there's no way to let other people into the conversation once it started. If you weren't on that original copy list on that email, no way you could gain access to the knowledge that the information that's being shared back and forth uh, via email. Slack solves that problem. Plus, it's just a whole lot of fun to use. It's much like uh, text messaging, you know, but the, the interface is fun, the communication's fun, and you're able to communicate in real time if you want. So you could communicate in a synchronous fashion, or you can make it asynchronous. So you can only check it when you want to check it. Either way, the conversation is always there for you. But you divide the conversation up into channels. 
So if you want to talk, like in our case, if we're talking about the Free to Focus book, that's got its own channel. If we've got an upcoming webinar, that might have its own channel that's temporary. But whatever it is, we're able to isolate those discussions to the people that are relevant to those discussions and keep the conversation moving. And Megan, this is one you use, obviously. Yeah, I love it. Um, It helps, I think, just keep your conversations organized so that they're not all over the place or spread between, you know, hundreds or thousands of emails. You can keep a a continuous conversation going without the cumbersome, you know, replying and reply all and, Mm -hmm. and that whole thing that you get into with internal email. And you can find things later, which is really helpful. So whether that's, you know, documents or just decisions that you made in conversations, it's searchable and... I find it very helpful. Michael, some time ago, I heard you frequently refer to Evernote as your digital brain. And seems like you're using Evernote a little bit less these days, but it's still on your list of favorite tech tools. What are you using Evernote for right now? You know, I really feel conflicted about this app. I've been with Evernote since 2008, and I love it and I hate it. And for a long time, I loved it. But I really think that Evernote took a left turn and just due to some poor leadership, didn't keep the app updated. It got it got way over bloated. They started pursuing a bunch of stuff that they since cut. I am optimistic right now because they have a new CEO, Ian Small. And I spoke with him about a month ago. He requested the call after he was hearing me rag on, on Evernote and social media. And um, he wasn't defensive at all. He just said, hey, look, you know, you've been a longtime Evernote user. You're actually an ambassador for Evernote. And uh, I just would like to hear from you, what don't you like about it? And so I, I said to him, I said, well, the search is totally broken. I can never find what I'm looking for. I said, I used to say it was my digital brain. I said, now I refer to it as my digital junk drawer. And I mean, he winced. You know, it was a video call and he just winced. And he said, oh, I hate to hear that. But it's true. You know, I find uh, it's easy to put stuff into. It's hard to get stuff out of. But there's still some amazing things in in Evernote. Like, I think it's got better writing tools, Mm -hmm. you know, in terms of formatting and all the rest. The tables are fantastic. And if they could add collaboration to it, it would be amazing. I I think Ian's committed uh, what he's said to me, and I think this is, I don't think he'd say something to me that wasn't public, but they're basically rewriting the code base from the ground up because what they've had to do is support Evernote on all these different platforms, iOS, Android, PC, Mac. And so as a result, they've gotten out of alignment over time. And so the uh, features aren't consistent across the different platforms. So they're rewriting that so it'll be be the same. But I, I'm really rooting for them. I, I want them to succeed. I, I started with Notion, thinking that would replace Evernote. And Notion now has a web clipper, which I love in Evernote. So maybe it will replace Evernote, but Evernote needs to catch up. But I still think it's a valuable tool. Do you use it, Megan? Yeah, I use it all the time, and I really like it. I write in Evernote. Anything I write, I do it there. It's just clean and simple. Um, I keep a lot of personal information, scan do documents, too. those kinds of things. And I love that they're easy to get to when I'm at a doctor's office or somewhere related to my kids. It enables me to have all the things that I need right at my fingertips without having to go find them. And it's certainly dramatically limited the things that I file as paper. Agreed. And we should say that both the last two tools that we talked about, Slack and Evernote, they're both available uh, on multi-platforms and both have free versions and paid upgrade versions. Well, today we've talked about a wide range of digital technology and 
tools to help you be more productive in a virtual environment. Be not dismayed. If you didn't hear Michael and Megan talk about a tool that you thought they might, I want you to check out the free ebook, Michael Hyatt's Top 5 Apps for Focus. That's available in the show notes today, and it has five more apps that are specifically aimed at getting you deeper focus in your work. So, Michael, Megan, thanks for sharing these helpful tools. And as we bring it to a close today, what is it that you guys hope that listeners will do with this great information we've shared? Well, I think regardless of whether you're an enthusiast, like my dad is, or you're just a more utilitarian tech user like I am, I think there's some great options here that can really boost your productivity um, and meet some needs that you might not have even known that you had. So check them out. If you want to go deeper in technology and explore some other tools, my go-to podcasts are the Mac Power Users podcast with David Sparks, and he has a new co-host whose name I can't remember, and also The Productivity Show by Asian Efficiency, and then Beyond the To-Do List with Eric Fisher. Those are three great sites that often uh, I learn about new tools from. Well, Michael, Megan, thank you for sharing today. I definitely learned some things I want to check out. So thanks very much. Thank you, Larry. And thanks for joining us on Lead to Win. And join us next week when we'll tell you what your biggest distraction is. I bet you can't guess. And how to beat it. Until then, Lead to Win. This episode of Lead to Win is brought to you by Free to Focus, a total productivity system to achieve more by doing less. The latest book from Michael Hyatt. Pre-order now for exclusive bonuses at freetofocusbook.com.